Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into Sharp Money, hour number two. I'm your host, Amal Shaw, alongside Jared Smith today and a regular guest who always joins us on this program, Mike Randall, Chief Content Officer at FTN Network at Randall Rant. Mike, you've done a tremendous job of giving us plays throughout the course of the season. Merry Christmas to you, your lovely wife, and your son. But I have to ask you, Mike, before we get into it, what was the Christmas like in Jersey? How was the weather and how was everything at the Randall household? Oh, weather was pretty good, guys. We, we, it was warm. It was seasonal. We did our thing. We got some toys for the kids. We got the inflatable dart and soccer ball outside, which <laughs> I've been whacked with multiple times here over the next couple of days. So, yeah, we got everything that we needed. We have food. We have injuries. I mean, what else do you want when you have kids, guys? Absolutely right. We'll get into your plays in just a minute. But before that, tell people a little bit about, about FTN, what you guys do. We know you come on here and you've given us a ton of winners. But tell us a little bit more on the background in case people may not be familiar with you and what you guys do. Yeah, FTN stands for For the Numbers. And what we've done is been able to really grow the company here, cover fantasy, daily bets. Uh, but it's our models that have really been hot this year, been fantastic. So you log in in the morning, you can check our models, check our plays. Sure, we have the picks and they're doing quite well, but it's the data, it's the resources, the NFL charters, the NBA charters that we have uh, that we're really able to help us cover all the sports. If you like betting on sports, you like DFS, fantasy, sports betting, we are the place to go. We just have you covered here. And like I said before we started, you do your projections, you do your handicap, you come and check our models. And if it supports your pick, you're really all in and ready to rock and roll. Jared, he gave us a play earlier this year, Chargers-Raiders a couple weeks ago, the Thursday night game. Mike came on, and I have to give him credit for this one. This was a bold statement. Usually you look at somebody sideways <laughs> if they think a line is off by 16 points on a total in the National Football League. Yeah, that's not – that doesn't well, happen. Well, we had a 33 total on the Chargers and uh, Raiders game. Mike comes on and boldly goes, no, 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 this line should be 49. Woo! Raiders score 63 Mike. points in that game, and this is one of the reasons why we love having Randall Rance on here all the time. Because listen, you you grew up in Jersey a little bit, yeah. in the New York oh, area, yeah. lived there for 10 years, so oh, yeah. we always like that New York East Coast effect anyway. Hey. But Randall was able to back it up. <laughs> Mike Very Th funny, guys. Yeah, I remember it all started beginning of the year. My favorite one, also with a side, was when we had Arizona Dallas. And that was the highest percentage we had on a side until we get to this week, by the way, where it was Arizona covering. Not only that, they won it outright. So blind squirrel, things are rolling well. Let's stay with the momentum this week. Yeah, speaking of this week, and I, I know Thursday night, uh, you know, Jets-Browns doesn't quite have the same luster to it as it might have had earlier in the year when it was possible Rodgers-Watson. But we're going to get Flacco and Simeon this weekend. Hey, don't look now, but Joe Flacco looks pretty darn good. But the irony is last year he was on the Jets leading them on a comeback against the Browns. Now he's on the Browns facing the the Jets Thursday night, but you think points are at a premium here? Yeah, I think points are at a premium, guys. Our FTM model, when you've had a double-digit edge or higher, hitting at 70% this year. We just got to 70 based off a three-in-one week last week. We like the under 36-and-a-half here. Project for a 16.1% edge. That's a 71% probability of winning. We actually have this game around 28 points, and you can see why it is. It's a Thursday game. Uh, you have Jets. You have Browns. Two good defenses here offenses that can struggle. And what you've seen, guys, we talked about this last week, 
Joe Flacco playing well. Amari Cooper won people fantasy leagues, but still the turnovers are there. So this is a big game for the Browns. They're going to want the three seed. They're going to want to get a nice home field advantage in the playoffs. I don't think they're taking a lot of chances here. So we know the Jets struggles on offense. We know the Browns defense. And I think the Browns have a very conservative plan here. Pace, everything lines up. 16% edge here at FTN under 36 and a half on the Thursday night game. One of the highest totals of the NFL season, a game that will take place on Saturday night between the Cowboys and the Lions. And, Mike, you've got to play here on the total and tell us what side you like on this total and why. Yeah, let's start with the total here, guys. We have a massive edge projected at under 53.5. And I've come on each of the last two weeks, and we've discussed good teams playing in low-scoring games. We talked about this when we ended up having uh, Dallas play a close game last couple weeks when they played Buffalo. The totals get inflated because you see that the Lions have a great offense. You see that the Cowboys have a great offense. And you totally disregard the fact that if this is a close game, more than likely later in the year where teams are more conservative, a lot more on the line, they're not going to take as many chances. We project this game here. We're going to go under 53 and a half. Sure, both offenses are going to score, but we think it's going to be very close. So we have a big edge projected here. Now, the double-digit edge, again, have hit 70% on the under 53 and a half. You know, Jared, he makes a great point on this one when you look at it. The Cowboys against the Bills. Game stays under. Dolphins game against the Cowboys. Really strong there. Oh, that was a phone booth game. Absolutely. And, Mike, real quick, I want to pose this question to you. I said to Jared earlier, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, you're not going to win this division if we're being realistic. Why not just potentially look at resting guys? I mean, to me, you're going to end up being the five seed realistically. I know coaches don't want to think from that perspective, but you're playing a tough Detroit team who could really use this game to get to the one seed potentially if things break right. Yeah, and I think the other issue too is the Cowboys are starting to show, everybody shows their weakness as we get to the end of the year. Buffalo basically ran it down their throat, and you heard Joe Brady, new offensive coordinator, said that was not the game plan coming in. But once James Cook had that success, we just keep going. So they're getting pushed around a lot here. So they need a physical performance on both sides of the ball, which lends to the under. They need, they want to win. They have to get going here. Jerry World at home is not going to want to lose another game in a row. But the question is, they're going to be lighting up the scoreboard against a good Lions team. We don't think so. Yeah, and you're going to hear a lot, oh, Dallas is back at home. Everything's fine again. Well, yeah, we'll see uh, how that all plays out. Um, usually the best time to bet on a team is when everyone is naysaying them, Mike, and that seems to be the case with Kansas City at home this week against Cincinnati. Oh, we laugh about this yeah. one. I call this a mother of God game. I think the Chiefs are going to roll in this matchup. I have not liked the Bengals all year long. I just think the regression was supposed to happen last year. They got off to a slow start, then Burrow does what he does. But there's no Burrow there. Chase is injured. The ground game has struggled, and I have not liked their defense all year. 24th per DVOA. Aaron Schatz here at FTN, defensive DVOA. Don't like the Bengals whatsoever. I think the Chiefs roll here. They've been struggling. Kelsey, wide receivers can't get open, but I think it's a bounce-back spot against an inferior team. Chiefs have a lot to play for. Bengals not as much in this matchup. I just want to stay on this matchup for a second, Mike. And to me, I don't understand. The Raiders were catching 10.5 in a division game. Remember, they had a 14-0 lead in Las Vegas. The Chiefs stormed back in the second half. But I pointed out earlier today that the Chiefs now, in eight of their 14, excuse me, 15 games, have scored 21 points or less. I don't understand why this number is three and a half points shorter than it was against the Raiders team that's been far more competitive in spots than the Bengals have been. Yeah, it's very true. I just think people also regress them all to the back of the card, like Bill Parcells used to say. Jake Brownie is Jake Browning, and I think he's played real well, and people had confidence in him. Now we're going the other way. I just don't think people are analyzing how poor this defense is. You're going to have to control the ball. Kansas City at home is still going to score points unless you bring a strong defensive front, which the Bengals do not. I just think they're going to take shots. Andy Reid's going to get it right. They're frustrated. They need a win. A bounce back spot for the Chiefs or the Bengals continue their mojo with a backup quarterback and a potential backup wide receiver, which, which if Chase is injured, I just can't buy it. It's such a unique spot because on, on the surface, these teams do not like each other. But obviously, these are not the same iterations of these teams that have faced each other in the playoffs for the last two years. So we'll see if Kansas City probably not going to take it easy on Cincinnati if things aren't going well this week. Um, it, tough, tough game to handicap here in the AFC South. Tennessee at Houston. Line sitting Houston minus three and a half right now. But quarterback stuff on both sides. I think Will Levis will play. He almost played last week but didn't. It was Tannehill and they played really well. Um, and on the other side, we think we're going to get C.J. Stroud back this week, but a lot of question marks on both sides of this game. 
Yeah, this is based on Stroud coming back. If Stroud okay. doesn't come back, then this bet is off. But we have a 12.2% edge again, double-digit edge on Houston laying the points here against Tennessee. Now, guys, the flip-flop rule, and Amon will tell you this in college basketball, usually holds where one team wins at one spot and the other yeah. team wins at the other spot. However, Houston needs this game badly. They're healthy. Nico Collins will be back. The Tennessee defense has struggled against the pass. I don't know who's playing quarterback. You saw Vrabel disgusted with Ryan Tannehill the way that game ended against Seattle. They're just struggling. And the Houston defense was able to bottle up Derrick Henry. I don't want to sell Henry short. I don't want to sell Vrabel short on the road here. Four and two as a road underdog in the division. Vrabel has been with Tennessee. This is not the same iteration, though, of the Titans, guys. And I don't know who's that quarterback. I think Stroud is coming back. If he does, in a game with a solid defense, Demeco Ryans, they already beat them here with Case Keenum, backup quarterback two weeks ago. We will lay the three and a half points here. If it gets to three or under, I would love it even more because of the hook. But we have a 12% edge on Houston, minus three and a half in this matchup. You know, Mike gave a great breakdown, but I want to go back to something he said about college basketball. We've got Mike for a second segment. So yeah. We'll get into some more of his picks Extended here in just a few after minutes. after hours. But, Mike, you brought up a point, and I want people to remember this as we get towards college basketball and the conference play, which I absolutely love that you raised, which is you said, let's say, for example, Texas playing Oklahoma in college hoops in the Big 12. Texas gets a win in one spot. Now you've got a return game on the road in Norman. And you look at those teams, I think that's an excellent point. Doesn't necessarily always hold in the NFL, but still right. a great way to bet. You take the numbers, you have an opportunity there. Just kind of expand upon your philosophy and what you're referencing for people that may not be as engaged on a daily basis like we are. Yeah, the issue is parity, Amal, is yep. that every sport right now is trying to get parity to keep games close. It's just the way it's structured. It's teams. With college basketball, you have the COVID years. You have older teams, et cetera. So the one that was easy that we, you and I talked about last week, Troy versus Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Game was at Eastern Kentucky. Troy goes to overtime and loses. Then Troy's favored by four and a half, five points at home against Eastern Kentucky and covers no problem. It's just very difficult to have a dominant performance back-to-back in games that are close to each other over the same team in any sport. It's just very hard. You heard the old adage, which has been disproven statistically, it's hard to beat a team three times. It's just hard to continue dominating because both teams are very close and the margin of error is so very thin. A lot of it comes down to luck, free throws, fumbles, things like that. So all things equal, usually it's going to be a split. That's why I'm looking to see if someone is really that dominant that they can take both matchups. I love the point Mike just made. There are tons to unpack with that when you look at it, whether it's in the NFL or college basketball. When we come back on the other side, we're going to get into Mike some additional plays he's got here. Yeah. We'll also pick his brain a little bit about what you can look for in college basketball. I know Mike and I are kind of happy that we've got a few days off here with college hoops, but it'll get back in earnest starting Thursday. Wednesday, we've got a very light schedule, so we're not worried about that as much. But tons to get into with Mike Randall from FTN. You can find him on Twitter at Randall Rant. Remember, FTN is where you can find Mike Randall. Sharp Money returns here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com special for $1,000 off Vanta.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show's host and guest. You'll get unlimited access to our VSIN.com picks page and sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. Check out the top VSIN experts, leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI, and see which VSIN expert has the hot end. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VSIN.com forward slash subscribe. And the background noise you hear is coming from <laughs> Sigma Derby, the coin horse racing game Wild. over here. Holy cow, I wouldn't get this excited if I won the Powerball. I was going to say, I think, Gam, unfortunately, our job yeah. has made us kind of numb to a lot of the highs and lows that the average gambler kind of goes through. I, I would it's agree. It's sad. It's sad, actually. I, I would agree with that completely. <laughs> Mike Randall of FTN joining us. You can follow him, FTN Network, at Randall Rant. Before we get back into the NFL, Mike, you guys also do a tremendous job in other areas, the NBA and tennis. I'm a huge tennis guy. I tell you, Mike, I've been lucky in my life. I've covered a lot of sporting events, and the one thing I haven't been able to do is the Australian Open. Coming up here in January, the Aussie Open, down in Melbourne should be a ton of fun. But you guys do a great job in terms of not just the NBA, but tennis as well. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, we love tennis. Josh Gross is the best tennis handicapper I've ever met in my life. We're fortunate to have him here at FTN. He's getting ready for Australian Open. Just talked to him today. In fact, he's over 300 units up over the last few years here at FTN, all documented. He's been fantastic. So we use our FTN wins code 10% off. Come join us here. He's ready to go. The majors, there's no one like him. He already has a long shot for someone to finish in the top 35 on the men's tour this year. I mean, the guy loves oh, wow. it. I mean, there's nothing better than that. So I just tailed Josh. It's really that simple. And our NBA product, our stats, we're extending all of our data that we have here. We're almost 100 charters here for NFL uh, data. We're now extending to NBA as well. So as a former math teacher, I can't take any more data. Give me more. <laughs> give me more. And that's what we're trying to do here to build, to give you the best edge and information for you to make your best betting decisions. This is why I like Randall so much, because he's a former math teacher. I'm a math guy. And then on top of it, he's a former basketball coach. I learned that during the break. I, and, and I'll tell Fun you what, fact. We, we were agreeing on clock management and some time scoring <laughs> situation stuff. That is my biggest pet peeve in sports. It go crazy, Mike, when you see just teams mismanaging certain situations. Yeah, I did. guys, you should have your plays ready. When I was coaching high school, let me tell you, the first two years we couldn't buy a win, but we've always practiced situational basketball. It still drives me crazy to Florida Atlantic calling a timeout last year. They're going 1-4 <laughs> flat. They're up one against San Diego State in the final four. Yeah. They have the best player with the ball. What's the problem? A timeout is used to get out of trouble. You guys call timeout. You try to go at paralysis by analysis, too many plays. Then you got to get the ball back in bounds. So what happened to Florida Atlantic? They couldn't get the ball back in bounds. They had to call another timeout. I think it's overused. If you have things in going in your way and you've practiced it, it's such a huge advantage. And I've seen it so many times with Eric Musselman, Phil Jackson. You saw it with Jordan in the in the big series there where they talked about last dance. If you have your best player with the ball and you have a play you want, don't give the defense a chance to set. Love that breakdown. You mentioned Florida Atlantic. They got a great win in Las Vegas on Saturday in double they overtime. Fantastic. I, oh, Janelle Davis, your guy was outstanding. You called that for you last year, but what a performance by him on Saturday. 
Yeah, they played great. I got that one wrong. I talked about Arizona. The yeah, issue with I this guy Arizona is was I, I don't too. like their defense. And and they really showed up. They play good defense. And guys, do not underestimate Caleb Love's ability to shoot you in and out of games. If he is going to be an ancillary scoring piece for Arizona, it's fine. If they're going to go to him as their main outside scorer, I think it's a problem. You're seeing some regression. It was a great win for the Owls. Well done. Number seven in the AP poll, the highest ranking they've ever had. Yeah, tremendous job. Let's get back into Mike's NFL plays. Plus six and a half on the Detroit Lions taking on the Cowboys. You already like the under in this game at 53 and a half, and you like the Lions catching six and a half here. Yeah, the Lions are a balanced team, and they're going to be able to run on the Cowboys. And Jared Goff is not outside in this matchup, and you know the stats. Amara St. Brown, Sam Laporta, they should be able to move the ball here. And the front for Detroit is legit. So as much as the Cowboys need this win, there's a lot of pressure. Cowboys haven't been great at running the ball with Tony Pollard this year. So they become a little bit one-dimensional against a good Detroit team. Again, marry the under that we like with the points and the underdog. Always a nice matchup. We like Detroit here. Double-digit advantage here at FTN. Definitely going to be an interesting game in Buffalo this week. Of course, the Bills still have everything to play for. I think the timing of the game, yeah, it's the same as the Dolphins-Ravens game. So, you know, if Miami wins that game or if loses that game, it'll trend in a good direction for Buffalo. Uh, but you think this is too many points to lay for Josh Allen at home? Yeah, I think it's too many points, guys, because look at what Bill Belichick has done. As much as we're burying him and he may not be with the team next year, this defense is playing well and they're causing problems. They'll, they're still great against opposing wide receiver ones, so they should limit Stephon Diggs. This is a rivalry game. You saw him beat them once without throwing a pass with Mac Jones. I mean, the idea that Buffalo is just going to steamroll them. Guys, they didn't steamroll Easton Stick in the Chargers. <laughs> so now you're going against at home. I get it. I understand. But 12 points is way too much. Covering double-digit spreads late in the season is very challenging, especially in the division, especially when it's their, their matchup now they're familiar with. And you're talking about the greatest coach in the history of NFL who everyone buried. And, oh, by the way, they got a nice win there against Denver. I think it's too many points. We have an 11.4% edge here for the Patriots plus 12 and a half. I had no idea Bill Walsh was coach coaching the Patriots, but okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go to uh, one more play here. Tampa taking on, excuse me, uh, the Carolina Panthers taking on Jacksonville this weekend. It's already projecting out to week 18. Uh, Panthers catching seven in this spot against a Jacksonville team that's lost four in a row and really in disarray right now, Mike. Yeah, they are in disarray, but the Panthers' defense has been legit. Since the coaching change, they've been able to pressure the quarterback. They got the cornerback. They got their cornerback back, so they're able to defend against passes. They're getting pressure as well. That you're going to have this game. You're going tough matchup here with Carolina, but Carolina getting seven points. That's a touchdown. You want to tease it up to get to 13. That's fine. We think the Panthers here are going to be close to covering. We have a 13.3 percent edge, probably our third highest on the year, on the week rather, with Carolina getting seven here. Wow. So we'll grab those points. Everyone's going to gravitate to the Jaguars. But are we sure the Jaguars here have solved all their problems? They seem a disarray on offense. They've really struggled. Travis Etienne a little banged up. So as much as the Panthers' offense has struggled, they've been able to run the ball. They've been getting a little bit better. And the Panthers' defense is one of the most underrated units in the NFL. Yeah, you might see that one go off seven if Lawrence is announced. Because I see he's TBD right now, and I'm sure, assuming yep. he's going to play. But you, you never know. You might wait a little longer. You might get a better number with Carolina. But I certainly like your angle. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Denver comes out this week. Of course, they get the Chargers at home. The total sitting in the high 30s. Uh, what's your angle here, Mike? Yeah, guys, uh, football does not have to be hard. Let's look at the Chargers <laughs> and Denver here. 28 and 29th in defensive DVOA. These teams are not good. They struggle on defense. They struggle getting pressure. Denver here frustrated off the last week. Chargers with Easton Stick looked a little bit better. Throwing the fact that Keenan Allen could return. We like the over here in this matchup. If you look at the edge that we have here, like I said, our totals have been hot. 70%. We have a projected edge between these two teams of 15.3% on the total. Their second highest total edge this week, over 38 and a half. For some reason, people like these unders here with the Chargers. Defense can't stop anyone. The offense is getting better. So give me the Chargers Broncos over 38 and a half. Yeah, you mentioned it. One of the worst pass defenses in the National Football League, that Chargers pass defense has been anemic. Mike, from your perspective right now, anybody that stands out to you, whether in the AFC or the NFC, just from a team perspective, not necessarily statistically based, but just kind of gut feel or you feel confident in as we get towards January in the postseason? Absolutely. It's the Bills, guys. The Bills have been rolling. They're hot. You're seeing warts with all the teams across the board here. Now Brock Purdy, all of a sudden, everybody's jumping off San Francisco's bandwagon. Our Aaron Schatz, who is great at predicting with his DVOA and his predictions, 
in terms of who's going to make the Super Bowl. Last year, he mentioned the Eagles. No one believes him. This year, he said Niners and Bills, and he has not changed on that. I think Buffalo is getting hot. You remember all those Packers teams with Aaron Rodgers as a sixth seed. They got hot. They made the NFC Championship or made the Super Bowl. Bills look like that because certainly the Chiefs have trouble. You're concerned about the Jaguars. There's questions across the board. Don't look now. Here come the Bills. I know Miami looks good also, and so does Baltimore. But don't sleep on Buffalo here. When we count them out, could this be the year that they, quote, circle the wagons? It's possible. It would be wild after all Buffalo has been through. They were the Super Bowl favorite preseason, right? And and to to hit the bottom, and then if they were able to ascend to that level, it would be one of the most fantastic narratives uh, in the NFL in recent years. Speaking of narratives, last night we got the game of the year. Uh, It looked like one team was ready, one team was not. Is there a spot for San Francisco that the bottom, you know, does it keep falling? Or is this as, as, was last night as bad as we're going to see the Niners play all season? You guys, you know how it is. It's always the opposite yeah. of everybody thinks. So now all of a sudden, the sky is falling. Brock Purdy's terrible. No, he's not. This team is still talented. It's McCaffrey, Ayu, Kittle, Debo. They're loaded across the board. If anything, this gave us a little bit of value here. Yeah. Not saying Brock Purdy should be MVP. I'm not. In my opinion, guys, it's Tyreek Hill. You want to go Lamar Jackson? I'm fine with that also. But Brock Purdy is still a part of a very successful system with Kyle Shanahan. Don't give up on the Niners just yet. I like Bill's Niners. I like what Aaron predicted here at FTN. Wow. Great prediction. Real quick. Circle the wagons, baby. (laughs) To recap Mike's plays, Jets, Browns under 36.5. Cowboys, Lions under 53.5. Chargers, Broncos over 38.5. Lions plus 6.5. Panthers plus 7. Patriots plus 12.5. Texans minus 3.5 if... C.J. Stroud, your rookie of the year, plays, and the Chiefs minus seven. And, Mike, I love your call. I do think it's going to be an explosion by the Chiefs against the Bengals there. My friend, we always appreciate the time. Mike Rando, Chief Content Officer at FTN Network. You can find him on Twitter at Randall Rant. Mike, have yourself a safe and happy New Year, my friend. Same, guys. Always a pleasure. Happy New Year. Good stuff, Thank you. Always a great segment, uh, too, when Mike comes on. When we come back on the other side, we're going to get into some college football. Mr. Bias here, Mr. Michigan Wolverine. Wyatt will tell us why the Wolverines are going to win. I'm going to tell you why Bama's going to win. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into Sharp Money, hour number three. I'm Amal Shaw alongside Jared Smith, and we have a fantastic guest coming up right now. Mike Pritchard, former first-round pick, former Colorado national champion with the Buffaloes, and arguably one of the nicest human beings you'll ever be fortunate (laughs) enough to meet in your life. Mr. Humble, Mr. Humility. I don't even know what letter the word starts with. This guy's accomplished more than almost anybody I know, and he's always humble. Mike, happy holidays and welcome in. Happy holidays to you, Mamal and Jared. Glad to be with you. You know, I tell you what, you kind of transformed, though when you put the headgear on. Like, That's it, right? You just you just built me up to this nice person and all, but uh, you didn't know me when I had the headgear on, though. I'm going to go back and watch some Pritch highlights now. I'm getting fired right, up. Go watch the game where he played running back at CU. Before we okay. get into the NFL, Jared doesn't know about it, so please tell him. He's going to probably be like, yeah, I ran for 200-plus yards. I'm not going to say it. Go, go ahead and tell him what highlights. happened in that situation, please. Oh, yeah. We played uh, Tennessee in a pigskin classic. It was a kickoff okay. classic back in the day. Uh, Jared and our tailback uh, Heisman Trophy finalist Eric Bienme was yeah. not available for that game, uh, so Coach Mack asked me to play running back. I had already moved to wide receiver. I had already converted wow. my body uh, to 185 pounds, 180 pounds wide receiver, right? Uh, and hadn't ran between the trenches in, in quite a while. Uh, so he was telling me that I was the best running back option that he had, and he needed me to play running back tailback against Tennessee of the SEC. Uh, so. Yeah, we, we had a good game. We should have won it. We tied them 31 to 31. We were up 31 to 17 in the fourth quarter, wow. uh, but ran out of gas. And uh, yeah, I, I ran I ran off uh, about what 220 a month. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, Something I was like gonna that. go back and watch some Pritch highlights <laughs> when I get home. Curl up I, with the dog in the fireplace and watch some Pritch uh, running back there highlights I, there. <laughs> I was about to get mad at him because he almost didn't even say he went over 200 yards in the game. <laughs> I was like, come on, buddy, that was the punchline of the whole thing, and he didn't <laughs> yeah, even say it yeah. there. That's right. Mike, let, let's get into the National Football League. Last night, Lamar Jackson with an outstanding performance, Baltimore with one of the best wins of the season, going on the road, really dismantling San Francisco. From a wide receiver perspective, what does a quarterback with the mobility of Lamar Jackson do for you on a play where he's able to extend it? And how do you alter routes or keep a play alive? Well, he, he elevates it, Mal. Um, I mean, he is the ultimate highlight reel 
uh, and he's going to create highlight plays all the time. And that's why he's getting so much shine for the MVP because, you know, he's he's a human highlight film, really is. And uh, he's incredible, though. I mean, if you're Flowers, if you Aguilar, if you are uh, anybody out there playing wide receiver, uh, likely, I mean, anybody uh, running back side of the backfield, just make yourself a viable option because he'll make people miss, defenders miss in the pocket. He helps in, 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 in all of his offensive line in that situation. And then the, sc- the scramble drill, uh, if you are shallow, you go deep. If you are deep, you come forward. I mean, we all know what the scram- scramble drill represents and uh, basically get yourself open. You remember back in the day when we all played street football or oh, played yeah. football in the park uh, and the quarterback ran around and had all that time to throw the football because you don't really have a pass rush and then you get yourself open? That's Lamar Jackson, but he's doing it in the National Football League. It's incredible. Yeah, it's really different to watch it at that level because, you know, and as well executed of an offense as the Niners can be at times, just watching that game last night, Pritch, when Lamar had the ball compared to when Brock had the ball, you were almost waiting for the mistake to happen with Brock where you were waiting for the great moment with Lamar. It's watching, it's almost like watching a game in 3D and then going to 4D, and you're like, oh, man, this is a totally right. different level. But the evolution of his game is so fascinating because I think he's been in the league now. This was a sixth year in the league, so he, he's not a spring chicken anymore. But right. there has been an evolution from the first MVP to now. Can you kind of quantify that for us? Well, yeah, you know, Jared, I think um, that's a great point, actually, to, to, to kind of expand upon. Um, you know, he wanted everybody wanted to make him a pocket passer, yeah. right? Uh, everybody wanted him to, okay, calm down the running uh, with your legs. You're going to get hurt, and we've seen that. We haven't really seen Lamar Jackson play that much in December and into the playoffs. And the last time we really did, you know, he, he won an MVP because those are meaningful games. And, and look at Baltimore with this record. Uh, with the games on their schedule, he has a chance to win the MVP. He legitimately does. I mean, I think if you beat a Brock Purdy, then you beat uh, a Tua, who's also another MVP uh, candidate uh, in the top of the realm here. And uh, I think if you cap off this season too that way, he's got a strong argument. Um, but but what's, what's separating him now is it circles back to he's back to being a playmaker. He's back to incorporating his legs uh, and scrambling ability and running ability. Uh, so I, I don't know. Everybody has a has an idea of how the quarterback position is supposed to be played, and 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 everybody has an idea of how the quarterback position is going to help you win a Super Bowl. Well, Lamar Jackson might break that a, a little bit because of his playmaking ability. The quarterback position is is down this year. Yeah. You know, we don't have that prolific situation. Josh Allen aside, right? I mean, outside of that guy, I mean, I think everybody else is not uh, really risen their level of play this year. Whereas Lamar Jackson. Uh, has stayed the same. He's kind of going back to the old version of Lamar, but he's still a playmaker in the pocket. And so uh, he's he's incredibly dangerous right now. Are the Kansas City Chiefs broken, Mike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's a great word, too. They yeah. are broken. I think, you know what, Maul, they're probably tired. I think fatigue's a factor. Look at Philly, right? Yeah. Scrambling, even though they're really, really good. But there's some there's some issues. There's some flaws. There's some concern. Uh, and same thing with, with Kansas City. I mean, I think it, that's why it's so hard to repeat because the rigors of the season, on top of the fact that they just played a Super Bowl in February, uh, on top of the fact that the, the time demand, like with commercials and all this attention that you're getting, I mean, that takes a toll. And, and I, I think when you have a team that's a little bit more seasoned, more aged, uh, then that really takes a toll. Back in the day when we had the dynasties, the Cowboys, the 49ers, all those teams, I mean, those guys were really young and in the prime of their career. And uh, I think Patrick is, you know, Kelsey is certainly. But uh, outside of that star power, you know, they don't really have anybody else familiar with the situation. So fatigue's a, a factor, uh, I believe. Uh, and, I, you know, maybe once they get to the playoffs, everything can be okay. But uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I, I think they are broken, broken and tired. How about that? Yeah, it sounds like a matters. Horse. And, and, and <laughs> I think you nailed it, Pritch, because you look at the Eagles and it's the same thing. I mean, the Eagles talent-wise are right there with the Niners, but not quite playing up to that potential. I think the biggest thing to kind of follow up on another quarterback-themed question here with Mahomes, and I don't want to question his leadership because the dude is one of the best and most talented players on both fronts in the NFL, but right. it, I haven't seen the calm, cool, composed, we're good Mahomes this year. You know, the cocky, confident one. It's been very much frazzled is the adjective that I would use. Is that something that concerns you more than maybe some of the physical ailments that's dealing with that Kansas City is dealing with? The fact that mentally they look more fatigued than anything else. 
Right, absolutely, Jerry. I mean, pain is a factor, though. These guys yeah. are beat up right now. Yeah. And, you know, you see Kelsey throw his helmet. There's a lot yeah. of pain in there, right? And so Patrick is playing through pain. We know that. Uh, Jalen Hurts is playing through pain. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's. I'm trying to think back to playing that much football in one calendar year. Uh, and that gets difficult. Uh, I'll go back to my rookie year, but I was 21 yeah. when we played the Orange Bowl, right? Uh, and then you play all those all-star games like I played in, and then I got to training camp, and then we had to, the season, and then we had the playoffs. And so that was the most football I've ever played in my life in one calendar year, and uh, you got to get away from it. Whereas, uh, you know, these guys are still trying to grind it out and, and get back to the Super Bowl. So uh, they are challenged offensively too, Jared, on the offensive line standpoint. They can't run the ball the way that they need to. Uh, they can't protect Patrick, and, you know, he's scrambling and, and running around and all this. He, he's just worn out. Yeah. Uh, he can't do it all by himself, uh, and he just doesn't have a supporting cast uh, or an offensive line like he did earlier this year when, when they did win the Super Bowl. Mm. Easton host and former NFL first-round pick Mike Pritchard joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at M. Pritchard. Excuse me, M.I. Pritchard. Mike, uh, when you look around in the NFL right now, there are teams that are out of contention. How do we kind of determine if a team is going to play the way the Giants did yesterday? Giants were playing like they had a postseason berth on the line. Give them a ton of credit. And then some teams who appear like the Washington Commanders to potentially lay down. Yeah, coaching matters. Um, I, I think, you know, if you're you're the Giants, you know, Dayball's trying to put that thing together and, and, you know, the message in the locker room. I'm looking for guys that we're going to build this thing with and, you know, if you want your job, you want that security, or you want to hop around the league a little bit. I mean, that it becomes important to you, uh, and especially if you're young too. Uh, and the Giants kind of have that makeup. You know, you look at the Commanders; they've been jettisoned dead weight, you know, along the way here until they uh, ultimately get to R Rivera getting fired and let go. So, uh, I, I think that's a completely different situation. The age of a roster—I talk about that often. The age of the roster is kind of incredible. Uh, so is uh, the coaching. Though. The coaching message uh, is so important this time of year uh, when you're looking for those teams that's going to gut it out, grind it out. Look at the Raiders, right? I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, have that pride, but then uh, you want to be a part of something. Uh, that's something that perhaps could be built in front of you. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I think coaching probably matters more than anything if you're looking for those types of situations. Yeah, you read my mind, Pritch, because I was literally about to ask you about the Raiders, and, and in my eyes, it's a slam dunk. Antonio Pierce needs this job. I mean, they just went yeah. into they just went right. into Arrowhead, and their quarterback didn't complete a pass for the final three quarters, and they beat the Chiefs on Christmas Day in front of Taylor Swift and, and thousands of people, uh, millions on TV. So Antonio Pierce, in my eyes, is the head coach, but why? Like, what is that shift, the culture? We talk about culture all the time. What does that mean to you as the Raiders try to turn this corner and go into the Antonio Pierce era, perhaps? Right. Well, you got to have one. Uh, you got to have yeah, an identity, you too. <laughs> the Raiders, for, for even under Josh uh, McDaniel, I mean, they didn't have McDaniels. They didn't have a, a culture or, or an identity. Um, you know, one of the things to watch out for, too, uh, and it's a great point, uh, defensively, Patrick Graham, uh, who is the defense coordinator. I remember that guy being mentioned a few years ago when he took the job with the Raiders, that he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be sought after from a head coaching standpoint. So you have motivation within the coaching ranks too, fellas, yeah. uh, of trying to impress, you know, and and trying to cop, cap off something and, and, and improve your situation. So I think Antonio Pierce has really freed up uh, Patrick Graham and, and other people in the, in the locker room to... Uh, really get after it, take the pressure off, and see what they're capable of. And uh, you take that pressure away, now you're seeing the guys play at a high level. Mike Pritchard, we always appreciate the time. Follow him on Twitter at M.I. Pritchard. My friend, have yourself a safe and happy new year, and we'll talk to you sometime in 2024. Sounds great. You guys do the same. Happy new year, everybody. Good stuff, Thank Rich. You. When we come back, we'll tell you why the wrong team is favored in the second playoff game. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Paid by up-level rewards. Paid participation required. Actor portrayal. Attention all listeners. Are you ready to earn $750? Well, get ready because I'm about to introduce you to Get750.com, the ultimate way to earn. Here's the scoop. Instead of just streaming shows or playing games on your phone for nothing, you have the chance to earn additional cash. That's right. From trying out new subscriptions to playing your favorite mobile games, you can get extra cash in your pocket. Simply sign up at Get750.com and follow the instructions to start earning immediately. So, what are you waiting for? Turn your favorite apps into real cash with Get750.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to earn rewards for things you're already doing on your phone. Check out Get750.com today. That's right. Get started right now at Get750.com. Just go to Get750.com or Google Get My 750 cash. Follow the simple instructions and get your $750. That's get750.com. Get750.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zen Nicorette pouches. We're always debating what team a team needs to be to do to get to number one, but Zinn Nicorette pouches are always there and always ready for you. It helped millions of people achieve long-lasting, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's C-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Sharp Money. I'm your host, Amal Shaw, alongside Jared Smith. We're talking about the college football playoff. Let's get into some ancillary games and games that may not have as much interest from the average person, but some pretty good betting opportunities. And let's start with the Cotton Bowl, because I know you've got a play on this one between Missouri and Ohio State. Missouri, the slight favorite here, but it appears the Buckeyes are going to have a lot of guys in there. Now the Buckeyes are back to a minus one favorite in this one. Money line minus 115. So if you're going to play the Buckeyes, play the money line at minus 115. It's not laying the point there, but total of 49 here. Yeah, and the early, right, I I think, the one thing I'm learning about bowl season, how to bet bowl season, it's it's evolving. I think yeah. anyone that has the same strategy in gambling that they had 10, 15 years ago and tries to implement that strategy, I think you need to evolve a little bit. And I've been picking these bowl games since I was in, like, middle school. But betting on them, it's been about eh, five, ten years or so. I've been, you know, really focusing on this bowl season because I do think it's a good money-making season. The one thing I'm learning lately, let's call it the last two years, is the early market movements because of the player opt-outs sometimes is a violent swing in one direction (laughs) or the other. And you heard it early with Ohio State, right? It was McCourt transferring. It was Marvin Harrison Jr. doing this. It was basically, you know, just a consensus that Ohio State was not going to be up for this game. And you see this line swing violently towards Missouri. Ohio State opened as almost the three-point favorite in this game. It got to almost three on the other side. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Ohio State backups against Missouri starters. I still kind of think Ohio State's got an edge there. And then you heard the Ibuka news. Then you heard the the, the star cornerback Denzel, uh, not not Ward, the Denzel Burke. Denzel Burke is going to start. And then I'm thinking to myself, well, now you got a couple of key guys for Ohio State wanting to play in this game. I thought Ohio State at plus 125 on the money line was too good of a price to pass up. And as expected, the numbers kind of creep back towards the Buckeyes because the people that probably 
bet Missouri early, wanting to come back now. So I, I, I think this is a, a one of those interesting games where I could absolutely make a case for Missouri being very up for this game, get a chance to beat the Buckeyes. You've got your full complement of weapons. Luther Burden maybe is one of the best receivers in the country. But it's Ohio State as a – I got him as an underdog, still basically a, a coin flip shot there. I think their backups are just as good as Missouri. So I think if you're going to give me a price that's relatively even on both sides, I don't think Ohio State's the better team. Yeah, I tend to agree with you here. I think Ohio State's being underappreciated, undervalued. I mean, look, let's be real here. If the Buckeyes were playing Missouri in the middle of the season, probably be about a 14-point <laughs> favorite. At least on a neutral. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? So I'm a little bit surprised by this move. I get it. You know, people have an affinity for what this Missouri team has been able to do yes. offensively. But at the same time, I just don't think you necessarily have to downgrade uh, Ohio State from a betting standpoint here. So for me, I, I am with you. I like the Buckeyes in this one. Let's go to a game. You went to Penn State. This is an intriguing matchup in the uh, Peach Bowl between Ole Miss and Penn State. I have a very strong opinion on this game, but I want to hear your thoughts from a Penn State perspective, what you think about the Nittany Lions in this game. Well, I'm not very high on Penn State's season. I, I think it was kind of a wasted year. I remember we discussed it back in, oh, as I dropped my charger here. It's okay. It's only 30 minutes left in the show. I don't need it. Um, I remember we talked about Penn State. It was back in August. Yeah. I did a show with you guys, and I just I wasn't overly high um, on how they kind of played out the season. It, it just it, it seemed like there was a lot of miss missed opportunities to take shots down the field and be aggressive. And Drew Aller just turned out not to be that guy. Maybe he turns into that guy. Maybe those extra bowl practices help him. And I think they will. But it's tough to lay points with Penn State in this spot. It really is. It really is tough. I, I like Penn State in this game a lot. Okay. Now, Lions Tell gone, me why. Uh, I will, Lions gone from three and a half or three, three and a half to four. First of all, I think Penn State's defense is legit. That I agree with when, 100%. When you look at the Ohio State game, the Buckeyes offense wasn't overwhelming. When you look at uh, Michigan, yes, they didn't throw a pass in the second half because they knew Penn State offensively wasn't going to be able to move the ball a ton on them. But other than that, you look at them, they've been dominant. And I understand the criticism. But is Ole Miss as good as Michigan and no. Ohio State? Not no. in my estimation. Every time Ole Miss steps up in competition, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Alabama, yeah. they just look like they're completely outclassed. I think Lane Kiffin is a tremendous offensive mind. But I think when you look at Penn State, they're a far better team defensively than they get credit for because they've got those two losses on their resumes. When you look at the running game between uh, Aller, excuse me, not Aller, but Singleton and uh, Allen, uh, I, those guys, to me, didn't have the type of season I expected. I thought coming into the season they were probably the second-best tandem in college football behind Corum and Edwards. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I, I think this is a missed opportunity during the regular season. But I think Penn State bounces back in a big way here. I hope you're right, bro. I, I really I, do. Do you, do, you, do you downgrade them at all with the Manny Diaz thing? A little bit, but not completely. Look, I'm not as high on Manny Diaz as other people are. Okay. He's going to Duke, and we'll see if he's learned something from his previous uh, Head coaching-wise, I don't trust him, but defensive coordinator-wise, I mean, obviously did a fantastic job with he, Penn State. He did, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but Penn State's got elite talent defensively. 100%. Right, Arguably you, the best talent in the league, top so was, set in that front seven. I was going to ask you, Jared, like, what loss really frustrates you more for as a Penn State fan? Is it the Ohio State loss or is it the, the Michigan loss? I mean, that's like asking. Uh, that's a tough ask. They both, they both stung equally. I, I, think both, I think both games kind of were different in, in mm -hmm. a sense. I thought they had a better chance to beat Ohio State, but I don't know. They, they just – Michigan's Michigan – does a good job at doing what Penn State wants to do, but they do it better. Whereas I think Ohio State just has better athletes, and Penn State just, as they're closing that gap, but they're not there yet. And unfortunately, Aller didn't make enough plays. Like, I think Penn State wins both of those games if you put a Jalen Milrow back there, a quarterback for them, where they just, they didn't have a guy that could really break the game open. It was all in a phone booth for the Nittany Lions. It was funny. We had a lot of people from the Big Ten on this year before the season started, and they all kept saying, this is Penn State. They were picking Penn State to win the league. And it was fair. But it, it was I, a fair assessment, but Drew Aller was always the question mark, I, and he underachieved. I told you before the season started, I said, Penn State's year is 2024. Ohio State's going to lose a ton from the offensive side, potentially, to the Man, NFL draft. You're right. Michigan is one. No, my, my argument was this. Drew Aller needs a year. Drew Aller, yeah. look, Ohio State was recruiting him. He's a kid from Ohio, right. and they kind of backed off on him. And I'll tell you, the biggest indictment of Penn State this year, their defense was good enough to win a national championship. Their defense might be the, it might be the best defense in the country. It, it, it's definitely in the conversation. They were outstanding all season long. But to me, the problem was always, I mean, this is a team that gave up 11.4 points per game. They shut down, look, against Michigan, they struggled at times. But the problem is, 
when you're on the field a lot because your offense can't sustain drives yeah. against elite competition, it's a problem. And that's where I think their shortcoming was when you look at it. As Rice and Texas State are underway, and uh, Texas, Texas State... Texas State's got the ball. Huh? Yeah, already first play from scrimmage, 25 yards for the Bobcats, but they're going to run one. lightning fast tempo. Finley, they, they run one of the fastest tempo. Rice plays a little slower, yeah. but that's why I thought if Texas State got out to the lead, you force Rice to play quick. I mean, Rice snapped the ball, or Texas State just snapped the ball with 30 seconds left on the play clock. Uh, the, poor re the poor replay guy's got no chance today. <laughs> no, yeah, the replay guys better have a quick finger trigger uh, in this one, huh? To, Absolutely right. To go back to the Penn State game, uh, or Penn State, the, the Michigan game, I think, was probably the one where you're like, how did we not win that game? Yeah, when, I don't know. When, they both kind of hurt. When equally. Michigan doesn't throw the ball yeah. in this, I mean, I it's was true. screaming at my TV, why are we not throwing the ball on third and 11? It was, it was, it was yeah, I'll super put it back frustrating. To you. Like, it, it, of the games that you've watched this year that Michigan has failed, like, it, was there a game that you were like, we're going to lose this game? Like, was that the Penn State game? You're like, we're going to lose this game. Actually, I was more concerned about the Maryland game. Yeah, that, well, the that week I, after, to be honest, that was the spot for the, Michigan. The look ahead to Ohio terrible State. Terrible spot. You still don't have Harbaugh. That was a game where J.J. McCarthy yeah. had a terrible pick at the I end took, of the half. I, I, I took Maryland in that game, I remember. It, it was just, it, it, as long as I can remember, the, the week before the Ohio State game, which it always was Indiana that uh, yeah. Michigan would play. Yeah, they don't get a bye like they do in the SEC. <laughs> yeah, right? no, yeah, don't, we don't get to play. What was it, uh, Alabama A&M or something? No, I, think, they play, like I that. think Alabama yes. plays like Chattanooga every year in that but game. But you know what? <laughs> to their credit, I think the Big Ten should change, start doing that then. I think they will. I, I, I think this new schedule is going to change a lot. And I think eventually I've always been in favor of the conferences are completely meaningless. They're totally meaningless. All they do is they hinder these teams. Look at the ACC with Florida State. I, if, if I'm the Big Ten or the SEC, I am making sure my team has the best chance to go, which means your schedule against the good teams the week before, you're getting an easy game. I would, do, I would set it up that I would stack the deck every year for Michigan and Ohio State to have the easiest road. That Maryland game, to me, was the only game where I felt like Michigan could be in peril. Now, the Ohio State game was tight, so you thought there might yeah. be an opportunity there, but the reality was always tight. Maryland, they had some chances, and really the game flipped on a punt. And Maryland ended up with a penalty, which put the ball from about the 18-yard line to the two-yard line. I think Michigan got a safety, and it, and it just yes, kind of Yes, Tua got the yeah. safety. Uh, yeah, yeah. To Leah, uh, to his brother. Yeah, Talia. Talia. yeah. And yeah, that was a big dynamics. change. Well, Absolutely. Michigan's really good at that. Like, like that's the thing about Michigan that I think some other teams in the country don't have the ability to do. And the experience helps, right? Yeah. Of of all the players in the College World Playoff, Michigan's guys are the only guys, right? Texas, Washington. Alabama's had a, probably a few holdovers from two years ago, but yeah. for the most part, Michigan's got the most experience of anyone in the college football playoff, and I think that's going to matter. Oh, it took 95 seconds, <laughs> and the Texas State <laughs> Bobcats are on I'll the board. About 10 more of those, and we'll be okay. I, I'm going to tell you right now, if this offense continues the way they did on this opening drive. I love it. Rice got no shot. I love it. I mean, I feel and bad for the punter. Throw the heck out of the ball, Patrick. He traveled from <laughs> San Marcos to Dallas. He's not going to get the play today. I mean, obviously, it's one possession. I'm overreacting. But when we come back on the other side, we're going to talk about a double-digit favorite and why you should be looking to bet them. We'll give you that breakdown next when Sharp Money returns here on the Sports Betting Network. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring Bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. 